Hey, welcome in. Today, we're going to discuss a very unique case of someone who is in his late 30s. Just in case you're in the same age group, I think it's going to apply massively to you. Or just in case you're looking for a career change, I think today we're going to raise a lot of valid points. The story goes like this. Hi, Josh. I've been an avid audience of your YouTube channel, especially on financial planning, and would like to see if you're able to tell me how I'm doing financially and offer some advice on how I should manage my retirement plan investments and savings now i do cover a lot of financial planning topics on this channel financial plan is you know bigger than just investments although i'm very passionate about investments i talk about investments all the time financial planning is way bigger it touches on cash flow it touches on how much you have in cpf it touches on other asset class your mortgage your liabilities financial plan is very broad and you need to nail that down to ensure that you know you have a very secure financial future so hopefully i've covered holistically all this way and if you agree smash the like button gives me feedback that i'm on the right path with you so let's examine a bit on his background currently in his late 30s married with no children not planning to have one either i live with my wife in a four-room resale hdb and below are my assets recently quit my 120,000 per annum fintech job to take on a self-employed role mainly because I'm bored with the mundane corporate life after 13 years. Now, let me take a quick pause over there. 120,000 per annum fintech job is pretty good. Eh? That's definitely above median income already. So I think for someone who's feeling bored, is it burnt out or not? Or some other reason? You know, if the case is taking a pay cut, which we will soon discover, then what are the key motivations? In any case, for anyone going to self-employment, usually is aiming for a pay raise that's what i see more common that means someone who is in a bank job earning a flat rate and always wonder how to make more income then naturally they'll be very gravitating towards financial services industry or property industry whereby it is possible to make more based on your own effort it's a efforts-based commission structure but let's discover what he is going into I don't think this new role will pay much at all in the first few months. Oops, not too good. As I build up my pipeline, okay, that's reasonable. Anyone going to self-employment, whether you're in property agency or insurance sales, you're going to take some time to learn the ropes. There's a lot of training lessons. But then, you know, that's why you start off in part-time position or so what. That's where you can get your feet wet. That's where your opportunity cost is still... You know, not too big. You're still getting a full-time job. Then you take all your licenses, get all training, get your first two customers first. Then you know whether it fits you or not. But it looks like he's plunging wholeheartedly to it. Now, the average pay apparently is four to five thousand dollars per month, according to stats. Obviously, if I'm lucky and hardworking, I can earn more. My first gut feeling was: Is it property sales? Because right now, property is hot, work, correct? I've even some in my network who just recently joined property agencies. There's so many people going to property agency because right now it's a booming market. But actually, he's not going to property agency. That's a surprise to me. He's going to some other sales. So as always, sales role, what it takes is for you to know the ropes and differentiate yourself. It's really not easy. So just some of my questions. It, there seems to be a pay cut, correct? From 120000 to four to $5,000 per month on an average basis. So why take this pay cut? The opportunity cost is so huge. I guess it's more likely he's burnt out or he wants some freedom in a new job. Previous fintech job is very grindy, 9 to 8 p.m., very strong, very tiring. 
he's aiming for a bit more work-life balance, more own time, own target. And that's why I think that's what's alluring. But also what I can share, being in the self-employed you know, journey so far, is that to become outstanding, you put in as much, if not more hours than in a corporate job, actually. Because you're the boss, you're the rainmaker. If you don't push, nobody push. So that's why in a lot of ways, people who join self-employment need to be very driven and then need to have that drive. So that's why most usually are hoping for a pay raise than uh, taking a step back. That's more likely in you know, semi-retirement mode. Lah. But that's what I'll first suggest. So let's look on to further information. I've not included my wife's income or assets as I do not know how much she has. All I know is she does not have much. Ayah, if she has a lot, then, then good already. Uh, then you don't really know too much. The problem actually is your gut feeling she does not have much. Then all the more, you really need to know how much she's earning as well as how much assets she has. Maybe all this while, both have enjoyed that privacy. But things build on like that. You know, when things are going smooth, uh, each keep to each side, it's fine. But then when there's a hiccup, there's a problem. And then there's some bad habits uncovered that create some tension. So usually what I'll strongly recommend is have joint accounts, openly communicate monies from day one, if not right now from today, if you haven't already done so. And then you need to know, because right now there's a career change. Use this as an opportunity to open up this discussion. Dear, uh, I'm changing jobs. I'm scared. I need to know what is our family's total income, total expenses. Can we handle it or not? That's why that openness starts from you and then uh, your other half starts to share the information. If the sharing starts to take place like that, then you know there's nothing to hide. And if there's changes to make, then we can do it together also. You know, many a times when we get to retirement, it's jointly done. You won't get to retirement wealthy and your other half is struggling and you don't help. Doesn't work like that. When you get to retirement, you want to do it jointly, but the journey not jointly doesn't make sense. There's no congruence. That's why even if you haven't done so previously, use this opportunity for this to make a change. Start communicating, start knowing the income, start knowing the asset base because that leads to the next question, correct? How much assets does he have? Cash, 13,000. Fixed deposit, 160,000. Very conservative. Uh, if elderly couple are then sure, keep a lot of fixed deposits. That's still not too bad. Right now, yielding 3% or something like that. Investments into US stocks, Tesla, SoFi, Block, Alibaba, among many others. Now, mark to market portfolio is 27,000 only, previously 50,000 US dollars worth. Ouch. I think this is where there's a bit of loss aversion. Using that experience to extrapolate, oh, I can never make it, or I need a lot of validation first before I put new monies in, which is not usually the case. But let's read on a bit further. HDB own stay. Last transaction price is 720000 Wow, so it's a four-room HDB at 720000 which means it's slightly town area and quite new, actually. A Rolex watch, which technically can be liquidated as a last resort, worth $23,000. Wow, this is a good Rolex, correct? I'm not too familiar with that industry. In any case, uh, assets like this, they don't produce cash flow, so it doesn't help in retirement. You can't take one piece and bite also. But since you bought it, and I do understand these things sometimes, they can appreciate also, just don't buy more of them. But at least it's a last resort uh, liquidating thing. 
But also when you liquidate such things, you do know there's a markdown, correct? Or if you liquidate at bad times, it doesn't bring back that value. So I'm not always a fan keeping monies in uh, valuable items like this. But that's one. So let's accept it is this. And let's see other portions of wealth. CPF. Ordinary account, $46,000. Majority went into the resale repayment. Special account, 68. Medisafe, 68. Could there be an error? 60000 each. Not too sure. Medisafe account, 68000 That's close to the cap of 68500 under the basic healthcare sum. If you don't really know, once you reach 68500 all your new monies go towards your special account. It flows in, you build your special account faster. But the special account that he has shared is only at $68,000, which means my guess is previous pay before the fintech job is not too high paying. That's my gut feeling because late 30s, I've seen most with more than $68,000 already. Or he has not topped up to special account before. And that's a tax relief method, uh, top up special account under retirement sum topping up scheme. So all in all, if OA is used to pay for the HDB house, then SA is what you are left with retirement and it doesn't look enough on first glance at late 30s so there needs to be some urgency which hopefully we'll cover back in a quick while liabilities let's touch on that hdb installment 550 dollars paying out from oa and it is under a bank loan total amount of 240,000 dollars wow so maybe there was some refinancing done i guess most who bought hdb flats would be on hdb loan then there was some refinancing done along the way so once you do refinancing your bank's side, you cannot come back. That's the problem. HDB loans are 2.6%. Right now, it's a no-brainer to take HDB loan. So I don't know what is this bank loan rate. I think this is a very important point of contention. If the bank loan is floating 4% plus percent, uh, please use back all your OA, all your cash. Pay down that loan ASAP. You're not getting as much in fixed deposit as a floating rate. Draw down your cash. Don't be afraid because that cost is biting you very hard. Luckily, it's still a small amount. That's why it's $550 per month each. On the other hand, if it's on a fixed rate or at a cap, you know POSB previously had a package whereby they would limit the rate at 2.5% float, floating but cap at 2.5%. Now confirm hit the cap at 2.5% already. So it's no diff from keeping in OA. But the thing is this. Every fixed package, there will be an end date to it and it starts to float. Which means if the floating period is next year, you really need to prepare monies to downpay this aggressively because 4 plus percent is not, not fun to deal with. So that's my first point. If you're in the same situation, you take note of this to help your own planning. Let's look at some of the expenses. Joint account, $400 per month for all the various household expenses. That's okay. Food, $1,200 per month. Is this each or not? Or is this his shouldering everything? Because this is quite a bit. I spend around there, but I have two young boys to feed. So couple only. I think this is uh, maybe some rooms to reduce. Transportation, $200 per month standard. Handphone bills. Insurance, $440 per month. That is quite a bit actually. That is $5,000. There could be some endowment plans, some whole life plans. Hopefully no investment link plans within. Not too sure whether any term plans. So as always, not sure. Check with a qualified advisor what to do with insurance, especially if liabilities are paid down to so low you may not need that much insurance or don't buy on unnecessary endowment plans that will inflate your total uh, monthly outflows also father and mother allowance 1000 per month that is a very generous amount 
this amount I think needs reduction if you take a pay cut. That's my first thought. So let's leave it as there. Income tax share forty dollars per month. 120,000 per year income with very little relief. That's why your income tax is 340 per month, which works out to be close to $4,000 per year basis. That's why be familiar with all the various tax relief schemes to keep monies for your retirement. Retirement sum topping up, cap at $8,000. SRS top up, $15,300. These are things that I've covered on channel. But as you progress and get to higher income brackets, you realize these are monies you can save. No credit card, no personal loan, no car. Fantastic. What we can summarize in this segment is it seems that his personal expenses, we sum it up, I think it works out beyond $2,300 per month, correct? $1,000 to parents and then IRAs of $340 per month. The IRAs portion will drop if income drops. But all in all, I think the total expenses per month is $3.7K, which means also now he's saving some money. Moving forward, if the pay drops to 4000 then there may be very little cash savings. There are some issues that I'd like to raise over there. Unless, again, parents' part has some room to drop. And the next part is personal expenses need to relook at it. Or wife's side need to shoulder some additional expenses. I think that's all reasonable. And that's why if you have another half, communicate. Do it jointly together. Next time she takes a different job, reject that break of expenses. So let's look at the key question that he has for me and for us today. As you can tell, majority of my cash is in FD. Although I'm not too sure how to deploy it or whether I should pay down the HDB loan. I've covered just now already. If you're on floating rate, 4 plus percent, pay it off. No point having cash and then you have a loan. You are not better off actually. You, have, you can have very little cash but you have no loans. You are still very free. On the other hand, if you are on fixed rate, no urgency payoff, but do know and do plan ahead because every fixed rate will start to float in some years ahead. I've gotten burned by stocks, which I've bought in 2021. That was a high. And I'm not too sure if I'm even brave enough to go back to index funds like SPY or QQQ. SPY is S&P 500, QQQ is NASDAQ. I'm holding on to these stocks because it's painful to sell and recognize these losses. Now this is loss aversion again. This is something I'll touch on a bit more also in the coming Josh Sun Finance Summit. I have two dates for this year. On the 29th of October, that is a Sunday. And on the 4th of November, that's a Saturday. Because for last year, we actually sold out for 50 packs. I'd like to meet you individually and answer your questions and also show you what to look out for for your own financial planning and your own retirement planning come 2023 and 2024. So look for links below, find the date that suits you the best, get your tickets early because sales started coming in the moment I released news of it. Tickets are going at only $69, and if you like, bring a friend, bring a partner along, and I'll see you there too. Maybe at this juncture, let me share with you an important part, because I want to adjust loss aversion, and I want to help you listening in also improve on your investment approach. This is what I've shared in previous summit. 2022 was a bear market. A lot of people lost money. But the main thing to take note again is, when we fail, Typically, we refuse to try again, correct? That's fear, loss aversion. And if we refuse to make changes, then again, we would fail. That is logic. But what change are we talking about? Very often, people think, oh, I need to make a change. This investment is not working. I try another investment. Wow, you've got a new method there. Options trading, co-living spaces, property investment. It's not the case. You have a method. You need to refine that method. That's what I'm hinting at. 
new methods will always seem like grass is greener. You go options, you realize there's a ton of risks that you may not know of. You make some money here and there, you get deeper, you realize, oh shucks, there's new risks that I did not anticipate. Changing new ways all the time is actually a very lazy approach. It doesn't bring you success because the way to succeed in any investment, any asset class is this. When you fail, you try again, you need to be honest with yourself why you failed. You need to make changes to the same asset class. That's where you get expertise. You forgive yourself for the same mistake and start all over again, refine the approach. Was it because you didn't handle investment psychology well enough? You know, previously in 2021, if we bring up the psychology chart, you realize that we were at the peak of the market. Everybody was buying Tesla, SoFi, Block, hot names on the market. And what happens at the peak typically is risk is downplayed or markets will go up to the moon. And what we see very often is starts crashing down. Then there'll be a denial phase. Then there'll be that despondency phase and anger phase. Depressed already, never want to enter again. The problem is this cycle repeats, correct? The time where you are finally ready to enter is when it's yet again at the peak and you repeat the cycle of losing money. Investing at the bottom where it's depressive is hard. That's why. That's the thing to refine, to avoid all this fear of missing out and to get to areas and do valuations and know investments a bit better. That's a point that I hope if he wants to learn a bit on investments, any asset class, you need to understand this. I'm also holding on cash because I'm going to self-employed role and I need to mentally prepare myself that the first few months may not be too good. How am I doing financially and how do I manage my assets, savings and investments from your point of view? Hope to hear your thoughts. I'm going to leave a few pointers. Hopefully it's candid and steps that he can take and maybe you listening can take also. If you have benefited so far, already, smash the like button. Smash the subscribe if you like content like this that helps you in your financial journey. The first thing that I'd like to bring up for discussion is the savings, don't worry to draw down. I don't know your home loan rate. If it's expensive, pay it off. If the thing is going to float very soon, get ready to pay it off. Don't worry and keep too much in savings. Instead, look to this. If your pay drops, first few months quite bad, you only make $2,000, cut your expenses. That will give you the peace of mind. Daddy, mommy, I might need to cut back on your allowance. Hopefully, they have room for it. And your own food expenses, etc. needs to be cut down. You cut down your expenses to match your starting level income, you realize it's still okay. Your books still balance. No fear. You can be aggressive in learning your craft. In any self-employment, you realize you need time to stand up. You need to be aggressive in your learning. Not aggressive in customers, aggressive in your learning and building your market position. And that's where you need to have a lot of focus. The first thing to help your focus is you, you know you have a peace of mind. Oh, my expenses are so low. I earn $2,000. I'm safe already. Now, let's think long term. How to build the business. Fair enough. Cut your expenses. The next thing that I clearly saw and I held back until now is you are quite far from retirement, my friend. If we were to look back at the equation... 240,000 home loan, you have ordinary account 46,000, I hope your wife has some surplus, you have cash, hopefully she has a bit of cash, it only means that you are now only able to pay off that 4-room HDB. Does that mean that you need a downgrade so that you have some free cash to flow out for retirement? If that's not the case, then what you're left with is just zero again, you are back to ground zero. 
very painful to hear but i think you're very far from retirement i hope actually that you could have kept this high paying job for a bit more but i don't know the circumstances so i can't i can't uh, really make some inputs in there if you have kept a bit more there and uh, you bucked up your investments and savings higher then you're a bit more ready so take it from me it seems like your expenses now are 2000 plus which means 30000 per year if we adopt the 4% rule times 25 to 30000 that means you need 750000 to become financially free ready for retirement you don't have children that you can depend on you need to depend on yourself if what we realize today is you can only have enough money to pay off your flat you are back to ground zero your mountain is $750,000 at least so how do we get there 15 years that means it's $50,000 per year correct to get there of course that's investment real return very painful the income wise is dropping how to save $50,000 your runway if you look carefully 20 years that means $37,500 capital with no real return the equation is not looking too good so you need to have the urgency you need to build up this retirement pot urgently your new pay if it's four to five thousand dollars is still doable you can still save up money but it looks like you can't reach early retirement yet you need to bring your wife on board also just in case she doesn't have anything also then you need to sound that urgency hey dear let's start building up joint retirement it could be 1.5 million dollars let's contribute there and uh, then uh, along the way i get better at my self-employed craft i can pump more and more and we can get to 1.5 million dollars hopefully in 15 to 20 years we have health problems along the way so that's something i'd like to bring up for discussion the key part is start building your retirement nest urgently just now i mentioned about investing refining that investment approach if you refine it you realize you can help this graph a lot better you can get five percent six percent in investments that's great if not at least compound monies in your special account if you say oh i really don't like investments i really think it's too not my cup of tea then there's a lot of gap in your special account use that as the vehicle to compound pay off the home loan quickly compound in special account get that above full retirement sum fair enough once it's above full retirement sum at 55 you potentially have monies you can draw out you can take a step back in your career or protect yourself just in case your health deteriorates so that's what i'll strongly suggest the road to start for retirement needs to be done now you're very far away from it and the other thing is be ready to cut back on expenses it will help your journey it will help your peace of mind a lot hopefully it has some words of wisdom i wish you all the very best and as always if you have questions for your own case that's unique look for my links below on how to reach me and thank you for listening right to the very end I'll sign up from here and invite you to see Josh Tan's Finance Summit on my main channel. I can assure you it's very worth it. With that, I'll sign up from here and see you there. Take care as always. Goodbye.